0: Hello again, it's the last show of the season and the All-Ireland Ladies Gaelic football finals are upon us. It's Dublin versus Kerry in the big one and it's anyone's shout for the 2023 title. On the show tonight, four-time All-Ireland winner Yvonne Byrne talks us through the senior final and to round off the season, one of the most respected figures in Gaelic football, Dom Corrigan, chats to us to outline his views on the GEA in general. That's all on the Championship. The game is over, and Kerry have gone through to the All-Ireland Final. They have seen off the renewed challenge of Mayo. They were nine points up at time, Kerry, and they got the job
1: done, and they've got young supporters streaming onto the pitch. We had a good win over Mayo in the semi-final, and the girls put in a great performance. You know, Louise Niebuhr-Heartig with 1-10 was unstoppable, really. And, you know, we have played Dublin in the first round of the league. It was a very tough game, so we're under no illusions. 30 years is a long time. We just want to write our own history. You know, we're a new team, we've been working with our management for the last four years and we've been building each year.
2: This is Snaid Wild, and Wild. That's her first involved and she'd be happy with that. Dublin they're just racking up big scores here and that's fact, that's the final point of the game. 219 to 13 Dublin can celebrate.
1: I think the team has made huge upward strides. There are new players who haven't experienced uh, playing in an All-Ireland final but they have this year got to experience big games against big crowds with Donegal and Cork. In ways they have loads of experience and equally there's loads of girls on the team who have experienced all irelands At the end of the day it's going into an All-Ireland final and you'll play anyone that's put in front of you and you'll take them on Anyway, you have to try and get over the line. Um, but it is an exciting one. We know Kerry play a great brand of football as well, so we're looking forward to that.
0: Captain's call there Dublin, a skipper, Carla Rowe, and the injured Kerry captain, Shifra O'Shea. What a loss she will be! At the weekend. Now Yvonne Byrne joins me. Yvonne, what a career she had. TG all Ireland's in nineteen ninety nine, 2002 and two and two thousand and three, and an all-star winner as well during her illustrious playing career. Yvonne, you're very welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hi, hey, Damien. and I'm great. Thanks for having me. No, it's How
0: great. Are you? It's great. Yeah, good. Great to chat to you again. It's been a short season and a long season, if you know what I mean. Um, what do you think of the LGFA season so far, Yvonne, and down to the big two now?
2: Yeah it's gas it's it's you know probably the, I suppose it's a bit of a cliché but the best two teams I think we have here are in the final um it's been you know there has been probably for the first season in a good while it's been a wide open championship at the start of it it was kind of anyone people were saying Galway had a chance Mayo had a mm-hmm. chance um Dublin obviously Kerry Cork there was lots of names being thrown about but I suppose uh, as a whole we've probably came down to the two best teams left of the championship, Kerry and Dublin, as has happened. Um, if, if you asked me before the championship started, who I'd be tipping, I probably would have said Kerry based on the league performance. Um, now I think Dublin are coming good at the right time and they've caught right up to them. So I, I think it's going, to be a, it's going to be a great final.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah, we'll get into the game itself in a second, Yvonne, but just in general, how have you found Championship 23 in terms of maybe quality, in terms of the style of football? Just in general, what are your thoughts on this, the season to date?
2: Yeah, again, um, it's, you know, it's kind of been a mixed bag. I think mm. uh, some teams can of their ups and downs the likes of me, there had a turbulent season. Obviously, double all Ireland champions coming in going for three in a row, um, and then they had their issues with management, and management left halfway through, and then the temporary management. So they had kind of a bit of a mixed bags where they were getting, they weren't getting really the results, and they were kind of coming good. I think if if the, the temporary management had been in place maybe a month or two beforehand, do you know, God knows where they would have ended up, or what kind of surprises they might have been able to pull off, like. Mm. Um, Kerry only managed just to get over the line. It was two eight to ten points in um, um, in this in the quarter final with with them. So like me, could have pulled off shock. I think that game went on a bit longer. Me, to really coming back at Kerry. There was a gale force wind, um, and then on the other side of the draw, you kind of Dublin, Dublin just Dublin seemed to be kind of coming into their own now. They. They just blew Donegal away. They bet them by 15 points. Um, and they blew Cork away. They bet them by 12 yeah. points in the yeah. semi-final. Yeah. Do you know, and b- bear in mind, it was Donegal who du- dumped Dublin out of the championship last year. And then to turn around a year later and beat them by 15 points in the quarter final. Like, so in some ways, while it was a wide open championship, really when you come to the no- nooks and crannies of it, mm. Dublin and Kerry did come out trumps. Do you know, um, I suppose Cork and Meath probably Mayo behind them will feel they've a little bit of work to do to catch
1: up.
0: Yeah, fair summary. OK, let's get into it so, Yvonne. Uh, semi-final wins for both sides were fairly significant. Just talk to me about Dublin, first of all, then. Any opinion on how they have maybe turned around from last year? Mick Bowen kind of hinted that he, he felt he might walk away at one stage. Um, so there's a mix of new players in that squad uh, yet... The likes the likes of uh, Sinead Hearn are, are probably still playing leadership roles. How do you feel Dublin have evolved this season?
2: Yeah, it, it's crazy, Damien, when you look at the stats of it. Like, I think they've lost something like eight or nine all-stars. The likes yeah. of Goldie, Sean McGrath, Sean McClary, McAvoy, Lindsay David, Keir Trent, Noel Healy, Niamh Collins, the cool ones. Like, wow unbelievable to lose that calibre of players and I think there's something like maybe 13 or 14 new players in so what Mick has done this year in terms of blooding in young players and uh, covering up the losses of those All-Stars and basically creating a brand new team. Okay, fair enough. Yes, there are girls in there that have won All-Stars and still really good experience like Sarah so Laroe and Laura McGee and Leah Kafke, these guys. So, like, mm. Loads of experience but to bring in all the young blood and to get that mixture right, he's basically created a brand new team. It's incredible what they have done this year to turn their fortunes around.
0: It, it is, it possibly, despite the success he's had, is nearly his biggest achievement so far. Um, just, I suppose, you know, with players being taken away to the AFL, it's probably hit your own county more so than anybody else, Yvonne. But Dublin have had a few players go as well. Does that disrupt a squad, even if the seasons are slightly different times of the year as well?
2: Yeah, like it has to, Damien. Do you know, it has to because if if you've a squad of players trained together all year, and w- while you do have one or two players coming back in an incredible condition or good condition from playing professional football, like there's a dynamic there, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of trust building. There's there's styles of plays and patterns of plays worked on. So for someone to come and just transition into that seamlessly. I don't think it's, 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 you know, it's okay. Some teams could do it, some teams can't. I suppose it depends on the management of the whole thing. It's probably different in every county, but it do. It does have to have an impact on a squad. I really think it does. Um, like you think the Dublin squad now there, like Laura McGee stepped away from the AFLW and she's concentrating solely on football. Do um, you know, so Dublin probably aren't as impacted as they were maybe two or three years ago. And you'd wonder, you know, you know, is it a, is A coincidence, or did it have a little bit of an impact? Um, but again, even the girls stepping away, the ones I named there earlier, had to be you know a huge loss. But it does have to interrupt your season and your preparations, absolutely.
0: And now, Kerry, in, in contrast, then have had nearly four years working towards this point. Um, just to deal with the obvious one first, um, Yvonne Shifra is going to be a, a serious loss psychologically. Then, for the rest of the players, how do you get around that?
2: sometimes especially when it comes to a final it can work in two ways it can work as a motivation tool mm. um or it can it can be a huge loss within the team that that you just can't patch up um, I know in, in 99 we lost Cora for first ever all our final and you know we were kind of written off for like well, there's no way you can cope without Cora mm. um but as it happened it just other people stood up and it was a bit of a motivational tool for us and it worked That way for us on that occasion, so it can kind of go one or two ways. Um, Like I think Louise O'Meara has taken up the the captain's armband off for like she's (laughs) going to be hugely, you know, she's she's a huge leader for them, and uh, they still have great strength and depth in their squad. They still have unbelievable forwards as well there. Um, whether they can do without the loss, as for remains to be seen, they have done to date, but this is going to be their biggest test now.
0: Will it suit Dublin more to be playing a Kerry team that could be a little bit more open on Sunday, Yvonne?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely. Like You can see over the last two seasons, they've, they've struggled against neighbours. need there in, mm. in the Championship, and they've been absent from, from winning All-Irelands. Um, as you said, it's, they've struggled sometimes against that um, compact defence or that organised defence, players getting behind the ball um, I think if Kerry if their are homework done, they, they'll be aiming to do that on Sunday Like I think their, their normal style of play is attacking football um, but they really need to get their defence organised and get the girls working back as well if they have any chance of overcoming Dublin because I think if they go toe-to-toe with them, Dublin are going to come with a good defensive game plan and I don't think if they go toe-to-toe Dublin that they'll get over the line
0: and from your vantage point then uh, as a former number one how difficult will it be to kind of kind of recreate a new defensive structure especially for this final in a short space of time as well Yvonne
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's hard to change too much. It's, it's a two-week turnover period mm. since the semi-finals, so you're not going to do anything drastic. Um, but what you can work on is you can work on work rates and you can work with people getting behind the ball. In terms of a new pattern of play, I think it would be foolish to introduce something mm. majorly new at this stage of the season, but you could definitely get girls work hard. I think it's important to get their matchups right. right. Um, and then after that, the key battle really is going to be midfield because if you can win midfield, it'll take the pressure off your back. So while they say like you might necessarily do an overhaul on your defensive structure, but if you can get on top of midfield and you can get your forwards working hard, it'll give your defence every chance.
0: Who's going to get over the line and maybe who are going to be the key players, do you feel?
2: Yeah, so look, the key players uh, today, even Jennifer Dunn has been outstanding in midfield for Dublin and then she's Ailish Dowd working like a Trojan beside her. But seeing that then you have Lorenz Gann and Louise Galvin in, in midfield for for Kerry, who are having an outstanding season, too. So it's going to be a titanic battle in the middle of the field there. Then your matchups is who's going to mark Louise Omar Is it going to be Leah Kafricki or is it going to be young Niamh Crowley? And then at the other end, you have Hannah Terrell and Carla Rowe. Who's going to pick them up? Do you know which, which one will Kayleigh Cronin pick up? Um, they're going to be key matchups. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Kerry. In the semi, in the quarterfinals, semi-final, have only played in patches of games, and they've allowed me, the Mayo, to come back at them in the second half. I think if Kerry can get a full performance, if they can get a sixty-minute performance or close to it, they have every chance. But going on form from the quarterfinals into the semi-finals, you have Dublin who blew Donegal away. Blue Cork away, 15-point wins, 12-point wins. It looks to me from the outset, Dublin are coming good at the right time. Everything's kind of coming into place. So for me, it's probably lining up that they'll edge it.
0: You've got the uh, junior final at 11.45am. That's down versus Limerick. And then two hours later... You've got Kildare and Clare. Now take the intermediate one first of all, Yvonne. Kildare and Clare. This will be tight again, won't it?
2: Yeah, and it's a repeat of the, the 2016 final, actually, which Kildare won by a point. I think it was one thirteen to one twelve. Yeah. You're right, it's going to be another cracker, it's going to be a tight game. It could come down to Anton. What I love about this is the human interest stories about it. I I saw a thing there, J- Jerome Quinn, out, uh Quiva Henry, the Clare captain she had her baby son Rain on the 13th of august last year and at the 13th of august this year she's captained her county to to the all ireland final just really interesting story wouldn't that be a wonderful fairy tale and then on the other hand you have mary murgrade in the, the goals for clare she was the player of the match of that uh, 2016 final and she's overcome some battles. She has like, so had some
0: life story, Yvonne, in fairness. Un- yeah,
2: unreal. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. great human interest stories and, and fairy tale endings for whichever way it might go. If I had to call it again, I might edge. Kildare but I wouldn't rule out a clear win
0: And I, I, would you give down the shot then in the junior final having maybe just stepped down from, from, from the grades a year previous or what way would you see that?
2: Yeah, you kind of have to like down were only relegated last year from intermediate so to be playing in, in junior this year and to be back in the final you'd imagine they have to have the edge I think it's uh, they won the intermediate in 2014 it's 2000 so it's 23 years ago since they won a junior title yeah. Limerick, Limerick on the other hand they have great experience at junior level. This is their fourth final. They've won it in 2010 and 2018. So it's, it's only five years ago since they won it last. So, but you probably have to go it down given given the fact they're only down from intermediate last
0: year. is the 50th ladies football uh, All-Ireland final. In that time, in that journey, from what you've seen, much progress made and much, much more needed?
2: Yeah, it, it's fantastic. The, the 50th anniversary. I was only thinking there, it was actually, you'd be happy, it was a, uh, it was Tipperary that won the first All-Ireland in 1972. <laughs> you might have been at that game. Oh,
0: not that uh, old. Did yeah. you stop crying. You're not that old. <laughs> I'm not far <laughs> off, <often>, aren't you? <laughs> I think I was, buddy, I was manager, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, look, it's fantastic progress. I only saw a snippet. We had a reunion there for our 2003 team there a couple of weeks ago. And one of the girls put in the group where it was uh, it was a snippet from a, a newspaper that was saying women should be at home doing the dishes and and... Not be playing football and how embarrassing it was. They should be banned from Crow Park. So, if you take that to where we are now, where you're getting <laughs> yeah. fifty thousand in Crow yeah. Park following them, like it's it's night and day. It's it's huge progress being made. While there is still room for more, obviously, and it is growing. Um, where where it's come from 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 fifty years ago to where it is now is only Even in the last ten years, the progress that has been made has has been.
0: Yeah. It's been great. And down in no small part to people like yourself, Yvonne. It was great to chat to you again. And please God, we'll talk to you soon, Yvonne Byrne. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks,
0: Damien. Now, speaking of people who are highly regarded in Gaelic games. I'm delighted to be uh, welcoming former Fermanagh and Sligo manager Dom Corrigan to the show, but Dom is much more than that as well. He's one of the most respected uh, voices and coaches in the GEA. You're very welcome to the show, Dom.
1: Thank you very much, Damien.
0: Yeah, it is great to talk to you. You probably heard Yvonne there just chatting about how, how much the game has come on. What's your own opinion, Dom? You, you know, you've been at the, the coal face of dealing with young people as a, a former PE teacher in St. Michael's and Ellis Killen for, for so long. Uh, you've been coaching so many young people over the years What's your opinion on on, on women's sport, uh, particularly in the GEA?
1: Yes, I was listening very carefully there to your interview with Yvonne and um, some very valid points made there. Uh, I'm hugely impressed, Damien, with the way that ladies' football, ladies' sport in general, uh, has developed and evolved over this last, uh, probably over this last decade. Um, There was, as Yvonne pointed out there, there was a perception out there that ladies shouldn't be involved in sport but um, that has changed. Uh, that definitely has changed. And now we have uh, 50,000 going to be in Crow Park this Sunday. We had uh, over 30,000, a record crowd, at the Camogie final last week. Mm. You see the way that soccer, uh, you know, the World Cup, has really uh, kick-started ladies' soccer as well. So I think it's, it's brilliant, uh, not just for the sport, but for just general health and well-being, um, you know, sport plays such a massive part. There was a time, there and no, there's no point in us hiding away from the fact that the ladies were seen as uh, not to be getting involved, really, in sport, and certainly not at the top level of sport. But that has changed, and that is so important uh, that that has, uh, that those perceptions have now changed. Now, there would still be some people out there who would feel, Damien, that... Uh, Lady sport is second-rate. That's not the case. When you look at the quality, you look at the quality of lady sport in this last... Even this last number of weeks. You look at the soccer Mm -hmm. and the quality there in the World Cup uh, with the Ireland team and how well they're done to qualify and their excellent performances throughout the tournament. Uh, You look at the quality of the Camogie games this last number of weeks. Uh, The semi-finals, the final there last Sunday. And then you know, the ladies' football, it has really, it, it has been, I think it's the most rapidly growing sport in Europe uh, over yeah. this last number of years. And uh, uh, to see the quality there, it's just brilliant. And uh, long will that continue. And,
0: and Dom, does that kind of mean we should really put the foot to the pedal in terms of accelerating the uh, integration process as an association? And you know yourself, you're on the ground. These things do not happen quickly, unfortunately.
1: They don't happen quickly, uh, but the integration process has to, uh, you know, it has to be speeded up. There's no question about that. Uh, Yvonne was making a few points there that things are, uh, you know, have certainly moved forward. I would say it certainly moved forward, but I would also say, Damien, quite a long way to go as well. Quite a long way to go with regard to uh, facilities, with regard to sponsorship, uh, you know what you get you know i've seen there where mick bowen made the point and a very valid point it was during the week there in the build-up to the all Ireland senior final that under no circumstances should the ladies captain on sunday be thanking croke park for getting into the ground it is their it is their right to be playing in croke park and uh, that sort of attitude Damien, is probably still out there, and it's so important uh, that that is, uh, that is uh, certainly got rid of. But two things, two things that I think the men's game can learn from ladies' football, this is just ladies' football and camogie uh, in general, even, even the ladies' soccer, two things that I've picked out is the way the ladies have a range of sports that they play. Like, uh, you know, I looked mm. at some of these players who are in Croke Park on Sunday in the three finals, junior, intermediate and senior. Uh, some of them play, play camogie, they play soccer, uh, they play international netball, they play international basketball. And that's fantastic. And I think that's something that men, men's sport can learn from. I think maybe too many Gaelic footballers and hurlers are just stuck playing their Gaelic football and their hurling. Their game would develop if, for example, in pre-off season, instead of being stuck in the gym maybe all the time, they would play basketball, Uh, they would get involved in other sports. And the other thing about uh, the ladies' game that, has, that I think has changed big time this last number of years is the number of coaches, the quality of coaching going into the ladies' sport uh, has certainly uh, stepped up a couple of levels, I would say. Like if you look at, uh, Damien, the down team on Sunday, the down team, uh, their coaching staff, uh, two of their stars, that played in the 2010 All-Ireland men's final, senior final against Cork in 2010, uh, Kevin McKernan and Mark Poland yeah, are very much an, yeah, two fantastic players and it's brilliant to see that you look at Kerry uh, the Kerry team on Sunday uh, are coached by Declan Quill who mm. won an All-Ireland uh, title with Kerry I think it was in 2007 but you have that right across the board and I think it shows you where ladies sport in general is going where you have these top coaches now looking to get involved Put it like this, Damien, 15, 20 years ago, that would not have happened because it would have been seen, oh, this is not the right thing to be doing. I'll only be laughed at, I'll only be sneered at. But not anymore. Top coaches now uh, would love the opportunity to get involved in, in ladies' sport at whatever level that is.
0: Yeah, it's great for them to, to get that experience and then develop their own careers. Just picking up from what you said then, Dom, uh, it's a great idea about uh, the, the cross-pollination kind of pollination of sports. That takes that will need trust from coaches that sometimes won't even release their players back to a a club if they're on the development squad of the county. So that, hopefully, it might happen in time. And it probably segues us nicely to the men's game then, Don. Uh, Just the season gone by, is Gaelic football evolving at a rate that you're happy with or what is needed to improve the game as a spectacle? Because it came under big scrutiny this year, even though the season may have finished quite excitingly.
1: I think it's evolving, Damien, I think uh, maybe one of the last times I was talking to you a number of years ago, mm. I said that, uh, that I was very worried about the game I was worried about, uh, and I uh, said to you that uh, good forwards have been turned into poor defenders and it's not helping the game of Gaelic football. It, it, was, a,
0: it was a brilliant <laughs> line and a very, very appropriate line at the time as well, and it's still, <laughs> still, the still there too, Dom, you know? Well,
1: it's still there but not to the same effect not to the same effect because uh, you know if you watch the game there this uh, you know even over this last number of months I feel now teams now have realized that this thing about parking the bus and uh, concentrating very little on your attacking phase of play it gets you nowhere it, it will get you so far but it will not get you up to the steps Probably in Clonets, or it won't get you up the steps. Certainly in Croke Park. And uh, uh, coaches now, in fairness to them, have realised that. And I think this last, um, certainly this last year or two years, we have seen a great involvement in attacking play. And I, I think anyway, the game is a lot easier to watch uh, than it was four or five years ago I was seriously concerned about where the game was going Uh, the interest in the game uh, was certainly waning because of the well you know to get back to Pat Spillane's comment the puke football Mm. and it really was hard to watch it but uh, I you know I think some of the play in the you know the provincials and in the All-Ireland series uh, you know was you know, was top class some of the forward play uh, was very good and I feel you know defensively uh, there's a lot more now going you know if you watch Dublin and Kerry there was a lot of man to man battles in defence a lot of uh, uh, what's before this it was defending numbers. Now there's a lot of getting back to that traditional uh, win-your-personal win your battle. Mm. And we saw that in Croke Park. There was great. Uh, I thought in Croke Park, Kerry's defending, Dublin's defending was excellent. It was man-on-man defending. It was one-on-one. And uh, great great quality, great technique in tackling, great uh, examples to show to young players and all of that there. So I think, that, uh, I think it's positive. Uh, I thought... Uh, I had reservations at the start about three teams coming out of the four groups in the All-Ireland, you know, in the All-Ireland series. But when you look at the last day of games, uh, where Galway uh, got pipped at the post by Armagh, where Mayo got pipped by Cork, there was serious drama. And that is one of the highlights of the year. I know the All-Ireland final, the semi-finals, there were fantastic games. But that last round of the qualifiers to get into the uh, quarterfinals that was uh, that was uh, you know drama of of the highest order you know so uh, i think uh, certainly um the quality of football i think the format uh, is certainly the format i think uh, it has to go with it again uh, i feel um, um you know a few wee tweaks here and there but um uh, I, I was of the opinion at the start, Damien, that two teams should come out of that four-team group. But mm. uh, maybe if two teams had to come out of the four-team group, you would not have got the drama of that last day of the qualifiers. So uh, I think uh, I think uh, Crow Park will run with the format that was there last year. Um, you know, I think that that is that okay. is. Um, you know something that worked out well but if I could say Damien and uh, coming from Fermanagh I don't uh, I don't profess to be an expert in the hurling Uh, I'm hugely impressed with the way the hurling has developed Uh, the quality of the hurling the games in the hurling has been absolutely outstanding but there is one thing I'm not happy about with regard to the hurling I don't think it's fair and I'm Surprised that the teams in Munster have stood back and not protested louder about it. Okay. I don't think it's right that in the Munster Championship, uh, two teams are eliminated uh, at the end of the Munster Championship. Fantastic Championship and all that it is, but I would I would keep it as a Munster Championship. Okay. But but like this year we had Waterford and we had Cork, two of the best teams in Ireland, not in the All Ireland series. So for me, the five teams in Munster battle it out for the Munster Holland title, but I would not be I would I would not be ruling out any of those five teams. I would get them into some sort of a qualification. Like if Waterford had to get back into the All Ireland series after the Munster Championship this year, they could very well have won the All Ireland. So they were the of that opportunity, Damien, by the system that's in place.
0: OK, so we'll look at that again. Uh, Dom, we're bang out of time. Uh, thank you for all your insight and thanks for all the feedback as well. It was great to chat to you and we'll catch up again very soon, hopefully. A pleasure,
1: Damien. Thank yeah, you.
0: That's the great Dom Corrigan there. And that's it for Championship 2023, folks. I sincerely hope you enjoyed the show this summer. Huge thanks to our producer, Damien O'Mara, and to Gary Moore, who helped us as well. Jamie Dial was on sound. from myself, Damien Lawler, mind yourselves and thanks for listening all season long.